Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. Farmer's market season is officially here. Many of the farmer's markets have been opening as the weeks trickle on, and we will see more and more, and pretty much by mid-June, all of them will be up and running. In this episode, I talk with Deb Barron. Deb is the owner of Red Barn Farms in River Falls, Wisconsin, and then she also is one of the coordinators of the River Falls Farmer's Market. So we talk about both of those things, as well as some seed saving, tomatoes, flowers, and all things farming and farmer's markets. Enjoy. Hey, Deb, thanks for being on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for having me. We're going to cover two things in this interview, actually. We're going to cover Red Barn Farm, which is your business, as well as the River Falls Farmer's Market. So why don't we start with your business, Red Barn Farm? We have been around for about 15 to 20 years. The first years are kind of sketchy. We don't exactly have any numbers for back then, but we um, started, my husband's always growing heirlooms and saved his own seeds stuff like that so a friend just kind of suggested maybe you should start selling at the market and we did we both worked at the time when we started we are both now retired and while we're retired from regular jobs and doing the market full-time we grow a lot of heirloom vegetables and we grow a lot of flowers it's gotten to be a lot of fun a lot of work but it's a lot of fun and we enjoy the people we meet and and go into market every Saturday. And where is your property located? We are halfway between River Falls and Prescott. And you're, um, so your main focus then is on the farming piece with the heirloom vegetables and tomatoes, it sounds yes. like. Yes. Okay. Well, that's one of, that's Jim's main focus. Mm-hmm. My main focus is the flowers. Okay. So we, we each have our areas. So tell me about your flowers. We got into them really big a number of years ago. I ended up going to a... Um, uh, seminar in Madison and won a uh, membership to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. And it kind of took off from there. It's an organization that emphasizes growing local flowers. And of course, this year with COVID and everything else, the supply chain for cut flowers has really been interrupted. So it's gotten really big. We grow a lot of sunflowers, a lot of gladiolas, zinnias, and then a lot of fillers to go with it, and then a lot of perennials that uh, fill out the bouquets. So are you working mostly with weddings, or is this for... Just strictly for farmer's market. We did weddings for a couple of years, and it just was too much stress, and and just decided we didn't want to go there. So we, we strictly do bouquets for the farmer's market. We will do bouquets. Like, we have a couple of church groups will come in and say, hey, I need bouquets for, for the ch- wedding, for churches and stuff like that. Or if you want to do DIY buckets Mm -hmm. Uh, we can do those not a lot of weddings it's just it's too much stress yeah (laughs) it's too much fun doing flowers I don't want to have that stress in there too yeah so tell me a little bit about the property itself do you live on the property as well yes we have really only two acres three acres that we live on uh, with the buildings and everything else we put a pole shut up probably about 10 years ago when the barn fell down and so the flowers are probably only on uh, maybe a quarter acre But then we have land that we rent next door and then down the road. And it's a total of probably about five acres that we um, have in flowers and vegetables. In the past, we've done a tomato tasting in the fall. We haven't done it for a couple of years, but we're talking about doing it this fall. Details haven't been set yet, but stay tuned. We will have information on that as we get a little bit closer. Okay. Let's talk about tomatoes in depth a little more. For someone that doesn't know what heirloom means, can you talk through what that actually means? (laughs) So an heirloom tomato is from when when your grandparents and great-grandparents needed seed, they saved it themselves. 
there was no jungs or burpees or anybody like that out there that was selling seeds. The only way to get seeds was grow it yourself or get it from your neighbors. So heirloom tomatoes are, are from seed that's, I think the timeline is like 80 to 100 years old. Okay. So these are varieties that have evolved through personal breeding or nature's breeding into something a little bit different than what we know today. Most of the tomatoes that you grow today, the, the big boys and the beefsteak and stuff like that, have been bred to be something specific, a certain size, a certain color, able to ship, things like that. So the heirlooms are older ones. They're not as pretty. They have green shoulders. They split. They get wonky shapes and sizes. But the flavor is there. Yeah. So they're for some, they're a better tomato. And how many different varieties do you have on your farm? <laughs> Well, Jim used to save seed, and at one point, I think he figured we had five or six hundred different varieties of seeds that he could grow. We've cut it down somewhat. Um, We're probably down to 20 different varieties of heirlooms, maybe 30. Mm -hmm. I'm not real sure. But we grow some standards then, too, to fill in the gaps because not everybody wants, you know, the wonky ones. So let's talk about cooking with these heirloom tomatoes. What can and what can't you do with them? You can do the same cooking with them as you can with everything else. It doesn't matter. The one thing I would recommend is if you come and get some heirlooms. uh, The one thing I've seen that I just love is, is you take them and slice them all up and lay them on a plate. And all the different colors and the shapes and sizes and stuff is just really something cool to see. Do you have advice for when you are just overloaded with tomatoes, especially for someone that might even have their own garden, uh, or maybe they went to the farmer's market and just bought a few too many. What do you do with them at that point? Uh, eat them. No. <laughs> uh, your best, the best way to keep them long-term is wash them and core them and put them on a cookie tray and freeze them. Okay. And then once they're frozen, take them and put them in a Ziploc bag. And then in the middle of winter, when you're, you know, you really need a good tomato taste, take it out of the freezer and run it under cool water and the skin will slip right off and chop it up and use it in your soups, your stews. You know, you can't make a sandwich out of it because it's going to kind of dissolve, but um, the flavor is going to be there. It's going to be fabulous. The other option is canning. You know, we we do a lot of that. Well, canning is something that I always looked at as that would be really cool to know how to do, but... I kept getting scared off from it because of the risk of doing it wrong. For canning, yep. the recipes have to be approved and tested by the NCHFP. Okay. And that's a, a government organization that tests all the um, recipes and makes sure they're safe, make sure there's enough acidity in there and everything else. Okay. Let's talk about other vegetables that you are growing on your farm. Um, there's pretty much not anything we don't grow. Zucchini, tomatoes, onions, peppers, carrots, radishes, lettuce, bok choy, napa cabbage, asparagus. What am I missing? Rhubarb. Squash. <laughs> rhubarb. Rhubarb, yes. Eggplant. Not much eggplant. Okra, beans, peas. So walk me through what your week looks like once you get into farmer's market season. When are you picking and how are you hauling it? We pretty much pick all week long now that we're both, you know, not working. So we've got time to pick. Things get picked and put in the cooler or held somehow. Like cucumbers will be picked three times a week. So we've got enough for the weekend. Same with the beans because the stuff needs to be picked constantly. It can't be picked, you know, just once and and held. So we're picking every day, you know, just kind of walk the field and see, okay, beans need to be picked today. 
we do end up kind of coming up with a schedule, you know, depending upon when we start. Flowers will all get picked mostly on Thursday night and Friday morning early. And then, of course, there's weeding, you know, and other maintenance and stuff like that to do. Well, let's transition over to the farmer's market. How sure. long have you been involved with the River Falls Farmer's Market? Um, probably, again, for the 15, 20 years. They've been, the farmer's market has been around much longer than that. Some of you may remember that it was used to be in the white pathway at that parking lot at the end across from where the town the city building is now um and then for a number of years we were on second street uh and that grassy lot uh, across from the first national bank then the bank did a big uh, remodeling and asked us to move because they needed the lot for staging and at that time dick's grocery dick's fresh market uh, dick reinhardt we kind of called around and said, hey, where can we go? And Dick was like, hey, you need to come out here. Please, please, please come out here. And we kind of hemmed and hawed about it, but it was really about our only option. So we said, sure. We were giving up our grassy lot, which we really loved, although some customers said they didn't like the grass when it was wet, but it was easier in our backs and legs standing on the grass rather than the pavement. Right. So we moved over to Dick's, and it's been fabulous. It's The sales have gone through the roof, and Dick's is over the moon happy with us. So we are, it's a... A match made in heaven. So yeah. it's been just fabulous out there. Yeah. Well, and that's a great relationship, too, for a grocery yes. store that obviously carries produce to say, yeah, we get that you carry produce as well. Come and join uh-huh. us. So what a yes. great collaboration because then they can also yep. run in the store and grab the rest of their ingredients for right. whatever they're cooking. Yeah, you want to make BLTs? Well, we don't have bacon. We don't have bread. We got the tomatoes. So yeah. you go inside and get the, the bacon and the, and the bread. So, yeah, it's it's really great. So tell me about the vendors that are at the farmer's market. The vendors change throughout the year. Like right now, we have a couple of vendors that are carrying potted plants and perennials and annuals. So if you need a strange tomato plant or something like that, come on down. We may have that. We always have vendors, a couple of vendors that are bakers. And we're adding a couple new ones this year. I believe one um, from a couple of years ago, she's a Hungarian baker. And she and her daughters bake some fabulous decadent pastries and the like. Pickled Sisters is another new one last year. Uh, all canned goods. Nelson's are there. They have canned goods and meat. Rising Sun, which is an organic vendor with also some meat, pork, I believe. They also have an orchard, so they have uh, cider and apples in season. Conklin Family Orchards is there with apples later in the season. We have a maple syrup vendor. I think we have a honey vendor that's going to be there this year. Made from scratch is our baker. Another baker, Fritzy Pies, is there. She's going to be there every other week. There's a sourdough lady. Yes, Simply Sourdough. We have a fish vendor. Cordy Fisher, right? Yeah, yep. Dave is awesome. He's got, yes. uh, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere last year. I'm really excited for him. And it's been really fun to see from the sidelines how his yes. business has blossomed. And that he ha- can maintain a storefront and be at the market to, to us is just fabulous. He is the second vendor that we've had that has moved into a storefront. They start out at the farmer's market. Three Sweet Sisters out of River Falls also started out at the farmer's market and is now in the storefront. Wow. In the old awesome. Hallmark building. So that's kind of cool. We end up being full. It does end up being a full market once we get everybody in. You know, it's probably uh, end of June by the time everybody is there. And, you know, Apple vendors, of course, don't come until a little bit later yet, August or so. But it gets it gets crowded. Hopefully we'll get our music back this year. Okay. Um, there was a music group out of River Falls that would come down and just do some jamming and stuff. And it was really kind of cool to have them there. So we're there every Saturday from 8 till noon. We will be there until Halloween, uh, the end of October. Okay. All of the vendors are required to grow their produce within 35 miles of River Falls. 
So everything is truly local and grown by the people that are behind the counter. So if you have a question about, you know, what does this tomato taste like or, you know, what is this flower or anything like that, they should be able to answer that. What's your favorite thing that you look forward to as we approach farmer's market season? Seeing all the people. You know, everybody that you you met last year and, you know, hey, how you doing? And we had one of our customers come up last week that, of course, we hadn't seen him all winter. And he's one of our, he's early there every week and he buys a bouquet for his wife and sometimes one for his mom. And he said, well, I took your advice. He said, I retired this winter. So, you know, it's been, you hear about their life and what they're doing and what they're making, what they're cooking. Yeah. with the canning, that kind of thing. So it's it's just neat seeing the people. Let's talk about this seed saving. I'm very curious about it, so I want to ask about it. When you actually save seeds, what does that look like? It depends upon the vegetable. With tomatoes, what you do is you let the tomato get really good and ripe, and then you cut it open and squeeze the seeds out and put them in a, a cup of water and let them ferment. And that fermentation will take off the pulp and stuff that's around the seed. So when they get good and rotten and nasty, and he used to try to do this in the house, and I finally kicked him outside because it was <laughs> at heaven. After they get kind of gross and scummy, you start pouring the, the junk off the top. Mm-hmm. And then you wash the seeds, you know, and slowly pour stuff off. Anything that floats is no good. The seeds will all drop to the bottom. And after you get them washed off enough, you put them into um, coffee filters. And, of course, right on the coffee filter, what variety it is. So you remember, because you're never going to remember which one is which, they all look the same when they're little, and let them dry on the coffee filter. And then when they're dry, you crumble them up and save them for the next year. And do you need to store them in a certain temperature? We store them in the basement, which is fairly dry and cool. And there's different seeds require different savings. Some seeds won't last very long. Some will last forever. So if you leave them in your garage and it gets down to negative 20 in the wintertime, are those probably not going to work probably out? Probably not, not, may not work. It doesn't, it will affect some seeds not all of them, but uh, in the garage probably isn't a good place for it. Somewhere yeah. in the house is better. Okay. And they don't take up a lot of space. So. Well, good. And if, if you think you've got seeds that may not be viable anymore, there's a way to take a piece of paper toweling and get it damp and put, you know, 10 seeds on that paper toweling and kind of roll it up and put it like on top of your fridge. It's a little warm, 7 to 14 days, depending upon the seed, you'll see them sprouting. Got it. And that will tell you what your germination is. Clearly, I'm not a green thumb. (laughs) (laughs) I will own that. (laughs) But I do enjoy going to the farmer's market. And once again, you are at the Dick's Fresh Market every Saturday from 8 until noon. Yep. And then you add in another day during the week at a certain point, don't you? Yeah, we'll add Tuesdays um, from 3 till 6, probably uh, by the end of June. Again, watch our Facebook page for, you know, when that will happen. But it, it just kind of varies. It depends when we have enough product to, to make it to both markets. You are also listed on getoutandtry.com. So thank you for being yeah. a part of that. I appreciate it. And your farmer's market is listed under the event. So once those Tuesdays are added in, we'll have it on there as well. Well, Perfect. thank you so much for being a guest. Right. I really appreciate it. Thank you. A big thank you to Deb for being on the podcast. Be sure to check out the River Falls Farmer's Market. They have a lot of wonderful vendors. And then also check out getoutandtry.com for all of the different farmer's markets in the St. Croix Valley that you can check out. (music) 
That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And then if you are a St. Croix Valley business owner and you're interested in becoming a local episode sponsor or working together in some way, email us at info at getoutandtry.com. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information as well as all of the links to keep you connected to Get Out and Try St. Croix Valley. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all of the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.